homies. You're all mine now. There is no more baggage. There is no more extra weight. There is no other name on the laptop. The spotlight is unshared. You honestly thought that Sims was the one that watched film. You thought Sims was the one that knew the game of football, child, please. But to get rid of Fendrick, my biggest joy, an absolute clown. I am Lefko. so... Lefko, I'm right here. Good to see you. Great to see you, too. Hi. Do I have to talk to you now? Or is that my only cameo? That was it. Okay, thank no, no, you. No, no, no. Cue the music. <laughs> Um, no, I, um, that's not how this is going to work. But I did cover up Sims's name, uh, the, Instagram the Instagram and Twitter. Photo. Yeah, it's mine. Hey, thank you. Thanks for coming out. Let me just give you guys an idea <laughs> of what's going on this week. Uh, the rest of today's episode, going to kind of give you an idea of what's going on. But we're going to have my good friend Justin Pugh, starting offensive lineman from the Arizona Cardinals. He's going to be on sharing his thoughts on he's got a new coach, uh, Cliff Kingsbury having to kill snakes in Arizona, and why he's holding a grudge against Doug Marone. I've put Josh to work. He's going to help me out. Uh, on Thursday, uh, Sims and I did interviews with Ty Law and Ed Reed in weeks leading up to the Hall of Fame. So we talked to them, and you'll enjoy that on Thursday. And then Friday, your boy, Adam Lefko, 9 o'clock Friday night, uh, the Rising Stars game, which is the freshman sophomore game, I am doing play by play, Josh, and I can't believe that they're allowing me to do it. It's going to be me, uh, Frank Kaminsky, and Danny Green calling a Luka Doncic game. Are you going to watch me, Josh? Absolutely. Of what, course. I'm what are you watch. expecting? Uh, Chaos? Yeah. I mean, you doing play-by-play -play for a basketball <laughs> game, I have no idea what to expect. Yeah, so it's it's a big week for all of us involved, and then I'm going to be honest, guys, I'm taking a week off. And we've ne we haven't done this in a long time. Josh can attest to the fact that whenever we would have vacations, I would make sure we recorded something ahead of time, but I'm pulling my Frank Lucas and I'm taking a, a week off. Uh, for any of you that don't know, I'm going to share some information to you. Uh, the gangster Frank Lucas, who you guys probably saw in the movie American Gangster, he had this thing that he would do called backtracking, where he would lock himself in a room before a big event, and he would pull the blinds and he would just focus. And that's what I'm going to do for uh, the new show, whether it's going to be called Somebody in Lefko, whether it's going to be called The Lefko Show. I don't know, but I'm going to sort of go into and take a vacation. Big things are going to happen on the vacation. I'm very excited. Uh, but also, this is where I need you guys, the 33%, to pull your weight, to pull your 33%. I've already talked to Rod Simba. He's working on a new theme song. It's going to be great. I've already hit up one of the homies, Jonah, who hit me up, works over at Google. He wants to help me make some docs to hear better from you guys, because what I really would like is to make this a podcast that isn't just listening to you guys, but taking things that you guys believe can be great. What guests should we get? What do you think could be the next bear mitzvah that we do with Tariq Cohen? Who else do we think we need to dive into more? I'm going to lead this ship, but the, the messages that you guys have sent me in my personal DMs or the Sims and Lefko DMs, just all the notes about wanting to be a part of the 33%. 
Let's go, bro. Because the thing that I tell all of you that want to work on the show or intern with the show, I can't really do it, but I'm telling you right now, if you have an idea, Rod Simba sent me seven different show ideas in my texts, and I appreciate that. As we do it, I'm shouting you guys out. And if you ever reach a point where you need a referral or you need someone to give you some credit on a resume, you can throw my name on there. If you do something for this show, I will stand by you in whatever you need to do. Because I think what we have built, and I said this uh, on Thursday or Friday, this is the most interactive podcast that I know that really cares about the listeners, and we care about covering the NFL in a cool and different way from getting different active players on throughout the year to trying to get guys that are very knowledgeable about the game that can go more into the film. We're going to do all of that, but I really want to know what it is that you guys want. You're the reason we got to this point, and I want to honor that. So be on the lookout. I'm going to be tweeting out some docs where you guys enter the guests, and I think it will be a lot of fun. Um, it's been kind of crazy seeing all the messages, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. You've been answering a lot of DMs. Bro, I, I think I'm at like 2,000. Good for you. It's I just I, I Sometimes I go in as you're responding, and I just see them all clearing out. It's really Oof. impressive. I showed it to my hairdresser, and she was like... What are you doing? And I like how you sign it, Dash Lefko. So well, yeah, they need to know. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's good. I'm not, yeah, I think you were getting a lot of credit. And uh, I just can't let you have the credit anymore. I mean, I answered probably 10,000 direct <laughs> messages during football season this year. So, I, You know what? And, and since you're here, I want to give another special shout out uh, to everything that you've done. I think it was so cool to be down there in Atlanta and have all the homies coming up and asking you for pictures. They thought you were taller than they thought. Which was very nice. I was very excited about that. Yeah. To have people come up to you and say, you're taller than I thought you'd be. One of the best compliments It's one of the best get. things you can hear. Yeah. One of the best things you can hear. You're damn right I am. I'm 6'4". But I fucking love you. You're the man. Love you, too. I appreciate it. All right, so here's my conversation with Justin Pugh, my absolute dog. I hope you enjoy it. He is the man. Here is his transition to the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, what a treat. What a special occasion. I have seen this man pretty much grow up. I rooted for him to get drafted. I rooted for him to get a big deal. And all these things keep happening. Justin Pugh, Arizona Cardinals, offensive lineman. You're hairier than I remember. You're bigger than I remember. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. You got well. the Cartier bracelet well. on? You know, you can't hide it. You can't hide it. Is that it. that James Corden money? It's coming in. I mean, I've, get, I've been feeling a lot of calls, so I figure I was like, you know what? Let me go back and, and come see you before it blows up. Thank you. And, I appreciate that. You know, then I got to get security. I watched the I video before it. you came. So it was you, Malik Jackson, um, the guy from Detroit. Ashawn Robinson. Ashawn Robinson, and then another offensive lineman. Who I just met for the first time. I didn't. Okay, so we'll both blank together, so neither of us are in um, trouble. Parker, yes. And you were dancing with James Corden? Yes. And I saw that there was a few Arizona publications that were like, Justin shows he's got good feet. Yeah. I don't know. I thought from your draft prospects that we already knew that. I know. I mean, I did a Target commercial. Oh, I was I dancing. Yeah, it's, it's tough to find. You can't even get it on YouTube anymore. So I, I thought I had some moves, but they, you know, the Cardinals were trying to come at me a little bit. I'm just realizing this now. Do you get people that say, "Man, you're really like a good talker for an offensive lineman"? Do you yeah, get which that? I, which I don't get. I feel like offensive linemen, if you're out there and you want to find out more about the NFL, talk to an offensive lineman. 
They're the smarter guys on the team. Like, if you follow, you know Joe Thomas? Yeah, of course. Joe Thomas comes up with some very, very intellectual statements where I'm like, damn, I didn't even think about that. Like, he had that back and forth with Richard Sherman. Yes. I was like, both very smart guys. And yeah. I was just like, you know what? Hats off to you two for having a good conversation. Man. All right, so how's Arizona? Just the state. How is it like living in Arizona? Because I've never spent more than like a day there. We're separating the, the football from Yeah, the- just as a human. As a human, I love it. I don't do I don't do well with animals, and there's a lot of critters in Arizona. Here we have rats the size of dogs. Yes, but in Arizona we have snakes, we have coyotes, we have snakes again, we have scorpions, we have. have I've I had a spider in my backyard. It's no. like called like a a grizzly spider. I get some. What? They give you some messed up names. This thing was this big. I swear to God. And you're holding like a football. It looks like right there. I went and got a rock and just smashed this thing to pieces. See, I wouldn't have even gotten that close. We go. I'm out, afraid of it, like jumping at me. My girlfriend and I go out with black lights at night and find scorpions, and you hit them with a hammer. That's like a hobby. That's what you guys do for you fun. You protect your land. This is like old, like old times out. And I killed. We killed a snake in my backyard. Nothing's I know, I know ever Pete gotten in come, the house. Nothing's ever gotten in the house. No. Holy a cricket, crap! Because it's just the desert. It's the desert, but I live at the base of a mountain, and like there's things on this mountain. There's like a little. We bought the house. The people go. There's a little cat that comes around. It's a lynx cat. That's like. <laughs> it's a little cat. Yeah, it's like a forty it's pound. A yeah, lion. literally, I'm gonna get my face ripped off when I take the trash out. So, but wait, I always feel like football players. You get done this long day of work. You've been beating up your body. I want to come home and relax. And you're coming home and killing football sized spiders and snakes. Yeah, I don't know. It's a dog man. eat dog world, man. A... In New York, I had a homeless guy living under my steps, and I had to deal with some rats once in a while. Right, and that was you cool. Had a dude I stealing that. your packages. We caught him. Yeah. We caught him. There's no, there's no getting by me. But I had a homeless guy making wine under my under my steps in Jersey City, where I where I was living. Wait, like a cabernet? Yeah, it was, it was it, a pinot gris. Yeah, exactly. It was a blend, actually. Yeah. It was whatever you get his hands on was in this little bag. He's underneath your apartment making. How does one make wine? I don't know. I, I've never. You know how that. It's like a prison. I guess you don't know. No, no. But I've seen. I've seen like you prison movies yeah. and stuff where they like make alcohol. Wow. So how he, did you find out? You know who found him? I didn't even find him. So I. You know that guy that I was living next door to me that helped yes, him out with his rent. I do. He was kind of like my blue and from old school. Yeah. So he. I used to give him twenty bucks a week to take the trash out. So he had some extra money. Yeah. He he would he refused to take it. He wanted to do something. And I was like, right. Hey, Bill, you take the trash out. I'll give you twenty bucks a week. So he's taking the trash out, and one night he walks down there, and he just sees two legs under there. And we felt bad for the guy. It was like 10 degrees out. It was one of those nights like earlier in the week where it was so cold that you couldn't do anything. Sure. And he's like, just. He's like, I found some guy. He was living under. He's like, so we went down there, and we are talking to him, and he's like making his own wine. I'm like, buddy, like, you can stay here for the night, but like tomorrow you got to go. Like, you can't, I can't do that. And I then you've shown the flashlight, and there's like an entire wine cellar underneath. It was a bag of wine. It was like a CVS bag that he was making. That. I don't know how he did it. I didn't ask questions. It smelled awful down there. And I was wow. like, hey, look. I know you're going through a tough time. I know it's cold. It's just, I have fa- I have friends. I have family. Yes. My girlfriends come. If it was just guys, and, and I might invite you. And you're living under my house. Yeah, yeah. It was tough. So since it's cold, it was a white. It was definitely a white wine. Wow, you've had some interesting living situations. Well, I was living in Jersey City. It wasn't the the best neighborhood. No, I remember your neighborhood. The apartment was amazing, but the neighborhood was an up and coming. Yeah, like they, they, they throw that tag on there. But I had I had a garage. I had I had a place to park my car, yeah. and that's that. You can't put a price on that. How different as a human. Is living in Arizona and New York. Because now I've been in New York for about five years, and I'm completely biased wherever I go. I'm like, this isn't convenient. I can walk out of my apartment and get anything. So what uh, yeah, has that been yeah, like? I, I love New York. New York is where I, I grew up. Yeah. I became a man in New York, I feel like, or a, a little bit more than an adolescent boy. But um, 
I, I love it here. I, I always come back here. Arizona is, is a lot different. It's a lot more outdoorsy activities. People are going hiking. People are mountain biking everywhere. They're walking. They're in shape. Yeah. New York. What are you saying about New York? Yes. I mean, trust me, I'm a big guy. I, I miss. <laughs> there's no pizza out there. Like I can't. I'm struggling to find. Even though I've had You're some a really big good pizza, pizza guy too, and I can't. I just can't find my my Prince Street. Man, oh, Prince Street's your one. Are you getting like the pepperonis that curl up and stuff? It's the best. Wow, I've never had that slice. Oh, it's the I've best. done like all the the was it Beecher Street Be- Bleaker? Yeah, yeah all Bleaker the Bleaker Street. I mean, it's. I've that, waited in line for thirty minutes. I've done that whole thing. I got you connected. Next time you're going there, I, I'll uh, okay. I appreciate. I'll send that. the I'll send the heads up. Um, but don't let, don't let me get too big because I'm definitely changing numbers here. The cordon back to the cordon. Thing. Yes, I'm changing of course. Numbers soon. Uh, when you sign a new contract, like I hosted the match right with Samuel Jackson, Charles Barkley, which was amazing, by the way. What That's, to see it? Yeah, I'm surprised you're answering my calls now. You're right. Well, I'm just saying my phone blew up for that, and I can't give anybody anything. When you sign a new contract, did you have, like, what was the longest time that you went from talking to someone that they contacted you? Like, did you get, like, an elementary school teacher? Or oh, did, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, the one thing that helped me, I did change my number right going into when I was going to sign it. Yes. So I still, if I needed to reach out to someone, I have all my contacts. But getting to me is tough. I got off Facebook because Facebook, you have all the high school, all the friends on Holy there. Holy crap. It's I a got a bit kid tougher. from college that's still like, want to hang out? And it's like him for like 57 times. I'm like, no, Zach, it's not happening. And they know, like, they'll, they'll see your story. Like, I know you're here. Yes. I'm right around the corner in case. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's tough because you, you don't want to feel like you're ever dissing anybody. But, like, I moved on. Yeah. You moved on. Let's just stay in our own lanes. When I lived in Nebraska, I did a story with this old <laughs> farmer. And it was right when Facebook was being opened up to the masses. And I said, man, you should get on Facebook. You can connect with, like, all your high school friends. And he goes... I'm old. I don't want to talk to anybody. And I was like, I want to be you when I grow up. That's hey, you awesome. just find your island and you stay on your island and you never come back. So speaking of jail, now I'm just trying to figure out something. You go into a new locker room. Do you fight the biggest guy in the locker room? How do you? How yeah, did you we adjust? Have this, we have this dude. Speaking of prison, it was a little prison esque. Well, not in that way, yeah. but you know, Rob Kimdichie. Of course, Robert Kimdichie, Ole Miss. Be the most athletically gifted guy I've ever been around. Mm. Like he's 310 pounds, but he's got a six pack. I mean, his yes. explosion off the line. He's had he's had studies his studies martial arts. He's 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 in Sweeney Todd and yes. a play during the season. He's an interesting cat. He's got one leg that he has tattooed perfectly. It's like beautiful, and the other one like his friends like practice on. So he has like a. a like a doodle paper wow. leg, and then he's got an actual... Yeah, like, I followed him on Instagram when he went to Japan, and I was like, this guy is not your typical football player. But wait, he's enormous. He's enormous, but he's just a, he's a specimen. The guy, like, there's a reason why this guy has been yeah. who he was. So I had to go on and fight Rob the first day. Like, me and Rob have been fighting ever since <laughs> I got there. But he's also the nicest guy. So, like, we'll get in a fist fight on the field. Wait, you will? I thought you were kidding. No, no, we fought. We fought in Doran OTAs. Wow. That's the second fight you've had in OTAs. You had one with New York, too. It's a great one. Look it up on YouTube. You Justin got uppercut in. Putting this vicious uppercut on Demontre Moore. I remember. I came on the podcast and I was like, fight of the weekend. Forget Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao. Pew just leveled this guy. I fought Damon Harrison. I fought Snacks a few times. That's, that's a scary man. That's a big man. What? 
Like, what is your stre- like? How does it happen with defensive linemen? Is it just weeks into OTA where it's hot and you're annoyed and like they hold on a little bit extra? Like, what causes the OTA? Fight? It's usually me. I, I'm not. I'm the instigator. That, that I'm, is I'm the not, common denominator. I'm not the biggest guy. On, I mean, you've met offensive linemen. Yeah. I'm not the biggest guy in the room, but I like to find out where I stack up on the totem pole. Like, I've, I'm going to get my ass kicked sometimes. Yeah. And that just happens. And I'm, yeah. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with not being one on the totem pole. Yeah. But I want to see if I'm two, three, four, five. See where I'm at. Yeah. And you, you find out. That's how, that's how you find out. And I'm, I'm more of a type that if we're fighting, at the end of the day, we're going to laugh it off and go back to being boys. Sure. I'm, I'm not the hold the grudge type. But what if they don't? What if they hold the grudge? Like, have you dealt with that? Yeah, they can't hold a grudge against me. I'm going to come up and mess with them. I'll, I'll go sitting down next to them at dinner and be like, "Look, we're we're going. I'm going to be here until Bring you them like some Prince Street Pizza. Yeah, yeah. I, the Olive Branch is always is always a good. So I, I've had gotten in fights where guys don't want to. Do coaches like that? Like, do coaches like that the energy at practice was up, or are they kind of like it, depending on the coach? It depends on the coach, but it also depends on the situation. Like, all right, P, like three times in the past week, like chill <laughs> chill out. Like Coughlin's like, if there's another fight. You're both getting suspended. Conduct, conduct detrimental to the team. Time out. You were under Coughlin? Coughlin. How long were you with Coughlin? Two years. What is Coughlin like? Because we joke around that he's like, my alarm goes off at 4.30, I am awake, and now I go to practice. What is he like to that, play for? That's how he is. I mean, he is like by the book. Every time you go by him, he'll always have something to say. Like, it's always be like, "What are you? Sp- you're spending too much time in the training room. What are you doing in there? Mm. But... I was always scared of Coughlin because I was only in my second year. I was like, don't walk by, don't make eye contact. But he would always sit and talk to you. Yeah. He would notice if you were wearing black or white socks. If they weren't the right issued socks, you're getting a fine. Wow. If you didn't have the right shorts on, the wrong color tights. Like he was so aware of what was going on and the timing yeah. of everything. Like, if you're one second late, you're getting fined. And in Arizona, it's not, not the same way. And McAdoo, I'm sure, was the same way too. He carried some of those things. We still operated on Coughlin time, but. <laughs> It was a little bit. It was a little bit different. But McAdoo's my guy. McAdoo gets a bad rap. Okay, uh, here, I am someone that a long time during that time was going. This guy ain't right. It's just not working. I think the slicked back hair kind of. I saw him recently. He, he he interviewed for our OC position. I saw that with Cliff. He's back. Sleeve was rolled up. The suit was a little baggy. Like he's back. He's officially back. Hair's all messed up. The hair was still. It was it was slick, but it wasn't like. Did the team talk to him about his slick back hair, or was it? This is the coach. We we shouldn't say. The anything. players joked with him about it. And how did he take it? He was fine. He rolled the punches. I mean, okay. like, what, what's he gonna? Odell's messing with you. You got to take that on the chin. A thousand percent. But I will say, like, yeah, he, sell me on McAdoo. He's back, by the way. He was sleeve rolled up, baggy shirt, looked uncomfortable in his suit That's what in you Arizona. And I'm like, he's back. <laughs> he's back. Now, he gets a bad rap because he messed with Eli. Like that mm. when you when you mess with Eli, you mess with NFL royalty. Mm. Things don't go well for you. Yeah. I mean, you, you saw what happened when that whole situation occurred. Yeah. The GM and the, the, the head coach didn't even make it back to New York. Man. I remember Francesa just going off on him with that. And now I look at Francesa and he doesn't even know what Photoshop is, which is a fun thing. All right, Arizona. My first question is, how is the Rosen one? What is he like as a person? When he was coming out of college and I heard the nickname, as I mean, as a Jewish man, I was like, this is my Sandy Koufax. This is what I've always wanted. He had some great moments this year. Yeah. He had some learning moments this year. What was your first interaction where you went, oh, he could be a big-time player in this league? Did you have that moment at all? It was OTAs because Sam Bradford, was the starting quarterback, Was t- everyone was told Sam will be the starting quarterback. But in OTAs, Sam's knees still weren't. He, I mean, yeah. he, wasn't, he wasn't ready to go during OTAs. 
Um, so Rosen, as soon as we got to OTAs day one, he was the starting quarterback. Mm. Um, and he came in, he came into the huddle, and he like had a presence about him, a confidence about him. And there's no teaching that. There's no coaching that. No. Either guy either has it or he doesn't have you have it. And you are automatically gain respect by the way you handle yourself in the huddle. I mean, Sims would probably has told you, sure. you know, if you don't go in there with confidence and, and speak loudly and clearly, guys are not going to trust you. If they don't trust you, they won't play for you. He came in and he accomplished that right off the bat, which I was very impressed with. I'd never been around a rookie a quarterback right. before. I've been around Eli Manning, who knew the offense better than probably most of the coaches knew the mm-hmm. offense. Um, so he came in and handled that. But he got dealt a tough hand this first year. The starting five offensive linemen go down. A.Q. Shipley, who was our starting center at the time, who's a vet, 10-year guy, been around a while, he goes down, who's going to help him make he all these He was the mentor, calls. yeah. So then Mason Cole comes in, who's our backup rookie center. And no knock to Mason, but no. he's, learned, he's learning as Josh is learning. So you lose your starting five offensive linemen throughout the year. Wait, all five? All five and the two backups. So you're starting seven offensive linemen, which normally that's all a team carries, yeah. are all gone. So you're out there. And, I'm not, and the other guys came in and they played well and, sure. and they did some things. And Josh had to learn some things. But it was tough for him, for sure. But Josh still has a ways to go. There's yeah. times where you know Josh wants to revert back to the ways he's done it in the past, just like anyone was. You know, he was comfortable with how they did it at UCLA. Yeah. The NFL operates a little differently than college football. How different is it? If you were like, if you're, your buddies were asking, how would you explain it to them? I, I was in a different situation. Doug, hey, you Mar- had Doug, Doug Marone, Marone was my head coach, so I was running the Saints offense when I was at Syracuse. Wow! So it really helped me out going into the NFL that these things weren't completely foreign to me. Yeah. But a lot of times, these college teams are just holding up signs like, "I right, run the." You know, Kenny Powers play, whatever, whatever that is, whatever, however they yeah. talk about that. And we were at Syracuse, we dumbed it down to we had like seven plays on our wristband. So Ryan Nassib would come up and just be like, "All right, we have one left here," and everyone just got out there and did right. it. Um, I think there's a place for that in the NFL. I think the speed helps limit what the defenses can do, and you oh, see a lot of, of these teams going up tempo. So I think that really has has emerged as something that is feasible in the NFL. Look at McVeigh. They if you watch what they do, they run basically the same formation, the same plays. They're just, just so efficient with it that it's incredible. And then you look at the Patriots and you watch that oh. game and how it went. It was almost like it was almost like uh watching like an artist paint. I mean it, it was I was gonna use a different analogy, but I decided I no, saw the no good. cursing, the no Yeah. We have a problem. I like to curse a lot. I think it's so fun. do I. It gets your point across. Have you cursed yet in this interview? I don't think I have. I know when to turn. I know when to flip the switch. Would you like to? Yeah. What's your favorite curse? Fuck. Me too. I say it in front of my grandmother. My mom gets mad at me. My I'm like, mom I don't even so realize angry. I'm saying it. I know. It. My problem is, is when I get animated, I start talking like this, and my mom will go, you're cursing, and you don't talk like that. I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. But what's the hand talking? Is that like an Italian thing? Is that a Jewish thing? I think it's a, I watched people on television growing up, and I wanted to do that, and I feel like Steven, like, uh... Stuart like, Scott. Like, like, yeah. yeah. I just think I'm a lunatic, so it comes out. This is my other question I have with like normal people. Can you watch football with people that No, I hate my friends. I hate watching <laughs> I hate them all. I hate watching I get invited to watch with so many people and I can't do it. I sit there and I, and obviously I have to watch the Eagles games when I go home with my yes. friends and I'm just like they're like Oh, he's the best player ever. I'm like, that was actually a blown coverage. Like, he tripped and fell. Or like, what? And I'm like, yeah. how, how can you? He was so wide open. I'm like, he actually wasn't even trying to go to that receiver. And what you don't even realize is they're doing it more because you're there, because they want to impress you. They want to go, oh, what a great throw. But like, if you weren't there, they weren't going to do that. And they're like trying to drop coverages on me. And I'm like, look, guys, 
I'm an offensive lineman. I do know your basic open close coverage. I don't know it as well as an NFL quarterback. Yeah. I don't know shit about NFL quarterback play. Oh, that's I don't, too calm down. I don't know what. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm you're right. You're right. I don't know where like the the release point, how they're like what all those intricacies. So I stay in my lane. Yeah. I, I'm obviously want to learn more about it, but they're like I played Madden once. I know what cover two is. I know what cover three is. That's I know awesome. I know the difference between a dog and a blitz. So I'm going to try to use that, and they they don't know anything. Uh, you talked about seven offensive linemen going down. You get a coach, and then you lose the coach in the same year. Just the experience for you. I mean, this had you had to learn so much about the other side of the NFL this year. The past two years, from from New York to because I'll explain it this way. When I was in New York, I was dating my high school sweetheart. I was I was in love. I didn't care who knew it. She drafted you the she first draft. You were me. destined she to be changed my life. And then she just left me out in the cold. Didn't even give me a call goodbye. Just just left me. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm still salty at the Giants for the way they I didn't they, realize they yeah, didn't even call. Yeah. They didn't even give me well, a call. Well, they knew they couldn't afford you and Weston. Yeah. I think they knew. They knew that, and they had other guys they had to pay. Odell, yeah. you have Landon Collins coming up. So I'm, I get the business side now. But at the same point. But at the time, I never thought I would leave New York. I did everything they ever asked me. Yeah. If they would have just left me at left guard, I think I'm one of the best left guards in the NFL. But I was a bandit. I was left tackle one week. I was left guard. I was right guard. It I was, was incredible. I was center if I needed to be in some games in emergencies. So I'm salty for that. And I'll take that hit as like being soft or yeah. being emotional about it. But it's, a, it's an emotional game. So I get to I see the business side of the free agency because I thought I was going to get paid. I thought I was getting Andrew Norwell money because that's how oh, I valued man. myself. He got a check. And, he, and really, and he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but like, it's because he was good going into free agency. I was good and got hurt going into free agency, uh, which was my downfall. So it was very, very humbling to say, I guess it's, it's kind of, it, it, it's, it's not like an asshole saying this, but he was getting 13, I'm getting nine, and I'm like, damn, I thought I was you know, the guy. Yeah, but you know what? Reduce, deduce this down to something that anyone can understand. If you believe you're better at your job or equal to somebody and you see they're getting paid more, no matter if there's six zeros at the end yeah. or five or four, it's going to make you feel a kind of way. If I see someone get a job and I go, man, I could do that better than them, and they're get, ooh, yeah, it would make me and feel it was, way. And not only was it that, it was who paid him. The exactly. Jags paid him. Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin paid him. Doug oh. Marone paid him. All my wow. guys that were the Giants or with Syracuse that were my guys, yeah, they also didn't want me. So I was like, wait, so the Giants team that drafted me didn't want me. The guys that know me the best, the guys that are in, are in Jacksonville, they didn't want me. I'm like, damn, I'm like, Am I, is anyone going to want me? Yeah. And then the Cardinals came in, and Steve Kime, our general manager, he, uh, we had some you know, mutual connections. And sure. I was like, it is nice to be wanted. It is nice to go to a place that wants you there. And that makes me want to play even harder for those guys because they're like, you know what? We see in you what other people don't. Mm. And then the coaching thing. Because I didn't know we were going to get a one-and-done situation. I, I didn't believe that was going to happen either. I thought he would get a second chance with this year just because we had so many injuries and yeah. things of that nature. But I, those things were above my pay grade. There's things that were happening with the defensive side of the ball where we have a 3-4 team, we brought in a 4-3 coach. How right. are we going to handle that? So I guess there were some fundamental disagreements on how the team was going to go moving forward. Have you met Cliff yet? I have. Ooh. Smooth. Okay, first question. Is he as attractive as in person as he is on camera? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, he's got the sharp dress suit. He's coming. I, I met him. He just landed on the private helicopter with the owner. I mean... With the Ryan Gosling glasses. Exactly. Or... And I think... we had, but But Wilkes was also very smooth. He okay. Was, he was Denzel Washington. I know sometimes they would put like... He was the man. So we've I've had some pretty smooth coaches. And then McAdoo. 
Who's, he's back. He's back. <laughs> Just smack he's the back. table. He's back. Exactly. So what's your vibe of Cliff? Um, and are you excited? I'm excited. I'm excited. Obviously, like, everyone's trying to, like, chime in, and everyone has an opinion on him. Of course. I don't know what kind of football mind he has yet. I haven't sat down. I haven't heard the offense that we're going to be installing. Right. Um, I know from he, talking to people that he – that a lot of the NFL guys will go to him and get and get some ideas. Like, he's on the forefront of – Your boy Davis Webb played for him. And he said amazing things. Every guy that's played for him has said – He's the man. You want him on your side. Right. We surrounded him also with some veterans. Mm. So for, you know, he's a young guy. He's never had head coaching experience in the NFL, obviously, at Texas Tech. We got Vance Joseph, who was just a head coach in the NFL. Hey, look, this is what went wrong for me in Denver. Don't want that to happen to you. Right. We got Sean Kugler, who's an offensive line coach, who was in Pittsburgh with the great offensive line. He was in Miami. He was in Denver. He was a head coach at UTEP for a little bit. He's our offensive line coach. What's he like? I haven't, met, I haven't met him okay, yet. Because offensive line yet. coaches are like the best. The guy that is no longer with the Cardinals, that was my O-line coach last year, Ray Brown, one of the best human beings you'll ever meet. Played for 20 years in the NFL. He didn't get his big deal. 20 years? 20 years. 20, 2-0 as offensive Holy lineman. Holy crap. He didn't get his big deal till year 10. Imagine that. He was the fir- I think he was the first guard to make a million dollars. Wow. Played for San Francisco, played for the Redskins for a while. When you saw, did you watch Hard Knocks? And you saw yeah. Bob Wiley with the yeah. Was there any party that's like, I'd like to play for that guy? No. I mean, like, that <laughs> just didn't appear. I mean. Yeah, I get it. The, the, you're, a, you're a gorilla. Yeah. He's funny. I'll laugh with that. But I'm like, I want to win football games. I'll tell you yeah. this. The, the offensive line coach in Seattle right now, Mike Solari. Yes. Is, is a guru. He's unbelievable. And I, I we bashed heads in New York because I like to have fun. I like to joke around. And he's like all business. He's an actual robot. He's the nicest guy ever, but an actual robot. And he's the one who told me, he's like, look, you're not going to want to hear this, but you might have to take like a one-year deal with a team because you're not going to get the money you're looking for. Mm. In, during the season, he's like getting hurt. He's like, team's not going to pay you. That's um, what I'm wondering with Demarcus Lawrence right now. He's getting surgery, and I'm like, I don't know if I would do that with your contract coming up. But What's he getting done? I mean, I uh, think I saw shoulder surgery. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean... Defensive lineman and offensive lineman. I, I was a back with an offensive lineman. You have a back injury with an O-lineman, it's, it's tough. All right, I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know that your schedule is crazy. Um, but I guess... I don't know. So th- I would say that the Arizona Cardinals, when I look at them from afar, someone that covers the entire NFL and looks at the whole league, they were from the very beginning written off. Like, I think even before the year, whether it was like the Tyron Matthews situation, players leaving, it was a new coach with a rookie quarterback, no one really expected anything. So expectations were low. Larry is back. Um, I think the offensive line being healthy, in my gambling mind, which you're not allowed to say, I go, oh, that's seven guys getting back. People can sleep on them. Why is everybody sleeping on the Arizona Cardinals next year? What could happen that could prove everybody wrong? I mean, when you're the worst team in football record-wise, no one's going to give you a chance. But if you look at why things went the way they went, cap space was a little limited. We made some investments in the quarterback position that didn't pan out. Um, that's a lot of money. I mean, we have a lot of cap space. I mean, it's we have the number one draft pick in every round, obviously. Yeah. People are going to be coming for that number one pick. I don't know what we do with it. Um, and then we're the number one on the waiver wire, so we can get some guys. And you can yeah. see teams make that bounce back quick. Look at the L.A. Rams, for example. I mean, they were the laughing stock of the NFL a few Two years, years ago. ago. They're in the Super Bowl now. So I've seen crazier things happen. The most talented team I've ever been on was the Giants team two years ago, and we were the second worst team in football. Jeez. All right, my last question is, what is it like to face Aaron Donald? I hate him. 
Because he's so because he's so damn good. I saw him in person. I've never seen a human that thick. Like, but from did front you th- to back? But like, if no one told you he was a D lineman, wouldn't you think he's like a like a fighter or a wrestler or like he's a bowling ball and every inch of him is muscle? All right, so you he lines up over you. Yeah. What is that experience like? Do well against him, so he goes to the other side. Just like get him. There's there's no there's a category of D lineman who's the best. There's every other guy, and then there's Aaron Donald. Like, there's no one. It's that wide. Even Fletcher Cox. Even Fletcher Cox. Really? And Fletcher Cox is very, very good. He's a Pro Bowl All Pro. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is like a change the game type of player. He's a Lawrence Taylor of our time. Where like, when have you ever seen? I mean, Warren Sapp maybe would change the game on the inside, but three technique, yeah. If you have a guy that can penetrate up the middle, you can put guys on the edge to chip guys. It's very hard to get two bodies on Aaron Donald, which a lot of teams slide to him now. Right. But, but then you're, so but then you're putting the backside guard in, on, in an awkward position. So, so people me, can scheme that. So I'm sure you watch all this film and you look at a guy and you go, okay, I can take this away. I'm going to give up a little here, but I'm going to take this away. What is your mindset when you face him? Is it is it just don't get blown back or... Well, it depends. You, you have to know when you're getting help and kind of funnel him to your help. Yeah. But if you do that too quick, he's going to blow through the other guy. So you can't – guys, you'll see so many times they're sliding to him and he splits it because the one guy's like, all right, let me make him go inside. But he gets beat so so quickly inside that the other guy's in trouble and he splits wow. him and he gets to the quarterback. Or on the backside of a run play where he just blows by the guard because he just tries to put a hand on him. Does he talk during games? No, he doesn't really talk. And Ooh. neither does Ndamukong Sue. He doesn't really talk. So there's just these silent and you don't t- and you don't poke the bear. Like if you're an offensive no. lineman, I we were playing them and someone started getting into it with him and I'm like, you shut up, don't don't say anything to him. Don't I don't get Khalil Mack going, I don't get Von Miller going. Yeah, you don't get him going and we're and we're good. So Donald's clearly above Mack too in your mind. Yeah, wow. I think because I think you put a tight end like a Rob like you chip you, him a little bit, you chip him a little bit. Um, I played against Von Miller a few years ago, and he's and he's unbelievable. But they're not as powerful as Aaron Donald, mm. so they scare you. Like those, Mac can run. You've seen him run guys yes. over. So obviously Mac is in, the, in that conversation. But I just think Aaron Donald's, and it pains me to say this because yeah, you want to be the go, biggest, baddest dude ever. I go against. I, I know where I'm at in the totem ball. I'm going to keep getting after him. Yeah, I guess that would be my only other question: is when was the first time that he got a hand on you and you felt the power and went, "Wow, that didn't even show up on film." At Pittsburgh, when I was at Syracuse, I played against college. Him. Yeah, because when I was at college, no one gave me problems. I went against Chandler Jones every day, mm. and Chandler was very, very good. But Chandler took. A step when he got to the NFL, like he cha- he realized he had an eighty whatever inch reach and started using it. Yeah, I played against Bruce Irving. I played against sure. Nick Perry, all first round pick guys, but I didn't struggle with them like I struggled with Aaron Donald. Like he got up under you because he's like six feet tall, and there's nothing you can do because he's more powerful than a guy that's three hundred and fifty pounds. Unreal. Well, good luck to you. Health, wrist is good, hand is hand good. is good, the knee is good, everything's good. All right. As long as you don't let those snakes and spiders get to you, I see a good season ahead. I it's really be do. a good year. Appreciate you coming in. Thank you. You're the Appreciate man. Appreciate you having me on. That was my guy, Justin Pugh. Not going to lie, did pretty good in the left co-host chair. Now, this was before I didn't even tell him what was happening, that there would be an opening. But I'm just saying, if the, the left co-podcast, whatever this becomes kind of becomes an American idol of searching for that perfect co-host, I think that Pew might be up there. And I want to know what you guys think about him. You know, do I need to bring back Pew? I really want to know. All I definitely know, and Nick take the two shot here, is Josh Fendrick wasn't going to make it. I mean, you're, you're co-hosting earlier. I, 
I cannot extend you a rose. Uh, but more, you know what? Let me translate to something you'd understand. Josh? The tribe has spoken. The tribe has spoken. I do understand that. You do? That's a language I speak. Um, do you want to get any survivor stuff out of your system before you're done? I think my Hawaiian sling monologue last week was all I needed. Thank People you, really love that. Oh, they loved it, yeah. Okay. Well, I love you. Do you want to say anything to the homies? Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to give a last last shout out to the homies. I thought I was done on Friday. Uh, I love you all. This is this experience has been absolutely awesome. Uh, much. I feel like I'm going to give the same speech that Sims gave because I pretty much agree <laughs> with every, everything he said. Sad to see it end, but yeah. I'm pumped for the future. All right, 33%. So Josh cannot be the left co-host. We learned no. that today. Yep. And it's a missed opportunity. But uh, coming up on Thursday, we are going to have two more interviews. It is going to be Ty Law, and it's going to be Ed Reed. And I'm going to be honest, it's the last time that you're going to hear Sims and me doing the pod. But it's cool because we always connect with these guys. We hyped up Ty. Ed Reed takes you. You realize why this dude is so smart and why he's so cocky. And it really, really is special. But I appreciate you guys. As always, you are the man. I am the LEFK. K-O-E. I know you said it at home, and that's really all that matters. You guys are the shit. We'll be back later. Be well.